What's up, Buttercups? This is Nate with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. Today, we sat down with our current league champion, Nick Oliveris, discussed his run out of championship, a little bit about his upbringing, company that he's working with and partnering in that is promoting space education, cryptocurrency, and helping put children into space camp. Uh, Link is down in the show notes, but go check out astronautapparel.com. Bookmark it to your web to your web browsers. Uh, inventory should be coming up, getting in stock pretty soon. Uh, go out there and support them. What they're doing is really cool. Uh, got into some of the how the Cincinnati Bengals impacts Nick's life and how he continues to have it impact his life on to this day. Every time he talks to his family. I uh, got into a little bit of uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. He gave me one as well. Talked about some of our time together, how we got to meet each other. And the most anticipated part of this episode is, as Nick is our league champion, he is charged with dishing out a sacco punishment for our worst member of the league, which everybody can agree to is Wayne Henry. So you'll hear the sacco punishment come out in this episode. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting the way he did it and the takes that he has. So uh, it should be fun to see what ends up happening and how Wayne handles it. Um, anyways, I hope you guys like the show. Uh, feel free to go check out the 58 West King podcast on all outlets. Also the Dynasty Champions League podcast. Should be a new podcast coming out here fairly shortly as we're in the middle of that draft for Champions League Dynasty, that's the top three teams out of four different leagues we combine together in Dynasty format doing a startup draft. Uh, go check out those podcasts. If you like what we're doing here, um, give it a subscribe, rate, review it, and share it with some friends. That would be greatly appreciated. Leave some comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear, the, the personalities in it, who you enjoyed listening to, what you want more of. Uh, we'll try to produce some more content out there for you guys as we get closer to the NFL season. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. I had a lot of fun with it. A um, little surprising there for Nick, too. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Take care. back everybody for another episode of talk court fantasy football league podcast i am your host nate moline here today with a very special guest and our current league champion nicholas Oliveras. how you doing today nick i'm good man how's it going i'm good and happy to hear from you i think we've got some really exciting stuff to talk about um one of my most anticipated episodes so far more so just because you're the champion and kind of want to get into that a little bit later on. So uh, for the people, why don't you introduce yourself, your name, age, kind of where you're from, family, whatever you do, what you're into and stuff. Sure. So uh, Nick Oliveris, I am 
29 years old. I think I'm one of the younger guys in the league. Um, I have a wife, two kids from uh, Canyon City, Colorado, small little prison town just south of Colorado Springs. And I currently live in Colorado Springs. And currently I'm an exercise and war game planner for U.S. Space Command. Sweet. So you used to work for uh, the Army side of stuff, doing the same type of things, and you just moved over to Space Command for that. I did. Yeah. So I used to be in the Air Force signals intelligence analyst, was in for about eight years, decided so to pull the plug, get out and uh, join the Army as a, as a contractor. Did exercise planning for them for about three years and just recently made the switch over back to the Air Force uh, with Space Command. So in that job, I know because I've worked with you for a long time in it. Um, that was some of the stuff I did too when I was in California. We used to travel the globe quite a bit. Out of all those places, what was some of the best places you've been to or recommendations to travel for people? Either one with, so we'll do one with families and then one to like go by yourself or like with the boys or something like that. Yeah, so Germany has and probably will remain one of my favorite spots. Um, I took my wife with me on one of the trips we went out there. She had a blast. I wouldn't mind taking my kids out there, you know, take the family out there one one time and and just immerse them in the in the the culture and and the history and everything like that. Um, one of the the more eye-opening places I think I've been to was uh, Tokyo. That was a whole different culture from what I'm used to, and and uh, I think with the right group of guys, it'd be pretty pretty fun to go out there. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it about Tokyo? It's almost for me. It felt like like Vegas on steroids. Like you and I have been to Vegas together, and I think we had some fun there. Vegas, Vegas is is unique uh, in its own sense. But for me, Tokyo is just just a whole. You can you have to take your think you have to get like an international driver's permit, but you can go rent go uh, golf carts or I'm sorry, uh, go karts and uh, dress up as Mario Kart characters and drive around the streets of Tokyo in these little uh, in these little go karts. They're pretty fast too, and you're just driving in the regular streets along with you know other cars driving around. Just the, the whole culture is weird and different and uh, lots of fun. That's pretty cool. I can imagine like half of us coming with like fake turtle shells or banana peels and like just going to stores <laughs> and buying bananas and tossing them all over the streets of Tokyo. Like, oh man, it'd be so much fun. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. I'm looking at uh, moving out to Colorado here next summer-ish time frame. So um, I put in a Space Force package. I saw that they selected probably like a quarter of the people or so. Hopefully I can get into that arena. But with some stuff going on in my personal life and everything, I might separate too and then just make my way out there. Um, it's kind of like where all my connections and ties are. And I, I really enjoy the space world. I'm back in the Intel world right now. And it's cool. I work in one of the coolest, coolest shops, I think that um, that's within the agency, just from like how much impact it has and the people that we get to work with and our partners and stuff. Super interesting. But um, just I don't, I don't feel it as much as like doing national stuff as I do doing like department of defense you know or fighting and stuff like that like it just feels more natural more just comes to me a lot easier so um and i just i really enjoy the people too so um but one thing is i don't want to really travel because kids and stuff like that so that's kind of one of the things i came back into this arena was so that i would be limited on travel but but i know that's kind of hard with my expertise and stuff but i'm kind of searching around looking getting ideas and stuff and then um kind of make a decision here in a couple months so I hope it works out man i hope you come back out here to colorado i guess you've never been out here really like living out here but i know you've been at tdy out here several times yeah i like the area it's just i don't like that it's so like militarized like i feel like everywhere i go i see military like haircuts and you see people wearing stuff that is their affiliation with the military and that stuff like i don't know it just annoys me like 
cut, like take your shit off when you get home, pack it up and let's move forward. Right. Like live a regular life. And like, it doesn't all just revolve around that. Yeah. Especially around here. It's, it's really hard to get away from that. You know, there's just so many Fort Carson, the air force Academy, Peterson, Schriever, the, the countless, you know, veterans, retirees, everyone just kind of hangs out here. It just, everyone has some sort of affiliation with it and they're proud to show it off to you. <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll let you know. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's a part of the town and stuff like that, but um, I kind of like to separate my work life from my personal life and stuff like that. So it's usually why I don't go out and do much all the time, just because wherever I've been, I just don't want to like, I just want to chill when I'm outside of work. Yeah. Cool, man. So our story, um, you remember how we met and where we met and what that was like for us? Yeah. I think the year was 2014, quite a while ago. It feels like I was your sponsor when you came out to Vandenberg Air Force Base. Uh, we served together at the JSPOC for several years, and that was uh, that's my first introduction to you. What was your first impression of me? I, I'm assuming there's two different impressions. So there's an impression of when you first met me as being like the sponsor and kind of hanging out casual, and then there's the impression of once I started working and doing the job, what was that impression like? So when I first met you, the first thing that stood out to me was, was your hair. Uh, I was the kind of guy that went to uh, the barbershop, got a two all over. They just buzzed everything, right? And you had this cool little cute little flip going on. And I was just told, you know, that, that you guys were Intel guys coming over. They don't, I don't think I really knew what you guys had done before. But then once I started, you know, to get to know you and, and see you work, I knew, obviously, you knew what you were doing. And I actually probably learned more more from you uh, than, I, than I ever imagined. Oh, that's nice. That makes me, that actually makes me feel good because there's either like, there's two camps and I forget who I talked to it about, like maybe Tony Coase or someone that was like they either like I built a name for myself I guess you would say in the space community right and um so a lot of people would like if you just said Nate or my last name people would know me but it's like you either hate me and you think I'm an ultra asshole or you like really respect the amount of knowledge and it's like I'm just gonna listen to the words and the message and not how it comes off because I can get pretty passionate about stuff when I think people are are aren't as dedicated to their craft when you you only have so much time on the earth and you spend so much of it working. You might as well be fucking good at it so that you can feel good about yourself. So. Right now you, you came off as kind of an asshole at first, but then I realized that you knew what you were talking about and made me, made me uh, find my love for space over Intel. I remember you hated it. You hated it so bad. And you're like, I can't wait to get the fuck out. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you get out and then you're doing space for the rest of your life. And I'm like, yes. And you grew your hair out. I got you to grow your hair out. <laughs> And you did. I'm you so did. happy for that. And I hope that you're extremely grateful because you look a lot better. I can see the joy in your eyes and the smile on your face. And that makes me happy. And I feel like part of it is due to your hair. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the big thing, too, at least when I first got to the JSPOC, was all these key holding Intel guys that were stuck in space just, just talk mad shit about it. And they were so... They were so against getting any space wings. They were so against being in space. They were calling it career runners and and everything like that. And it's funny now because I see, and I'm still friends with them on Facebook and I still talk to them um, here and there, but all these people that hated being in space and deemed it as a career killer are now applying for the Space Force yep. or still trying to get back into space. Yep. A lot of the guys that I was in um, Holloman with, they say the same things like, um, like Wayne in this league, and we'll get to him a little later. You know, he went back to the Intel world too. And it's like the stuff in the Intel world, like the little stuff is like super annoying. People are super annoying. A lot of prima donna divas and stuff and entitledness and stuff like that. And I think when you're in that like little, you know, niche that we were in in space, everybody has a common goal. And it's like, we're going to win. 
together right and stuff like that and people have their shit straight as much as we hated like the the boundaries that space had and like the the structure that it had and stuff because you know when you come from an intel world it's like you use your brain you don't use checklists you don't use forms you don't use any of that stuff it's like you know it or you don't you know and you get by because you're really good but then you realize that this shit really helps out a lot of younger people and they need all that kind of structure at the beginning to to end up getting to be smart enough and um just the intel world just really just throws you in the fire so you deal with a lot a bigger learning curve it's pretty bad especially when you get people that have only worked in it they don't understand anything about actual like war or like you know how all that stuff fuses together and why it's important and stuff and it's like man if you only knew what guys really needed on the ground you would take this shit a lot more serious, you know, but until you're put in those positions, you don't really understand it. So, you know, we try to bridge those gaps, but a lot of us really miss like that space world and stuff. And people are progressing. You know, he made E7, another buddy of ours, Stephen Brown, he made E7, but it's like, man, I miss those days. It was simple. It was easy. It was fun. And it was really interesting. So I think for me going to SpaceCon, that's to be the hardest thing is not being so much operationally focused, you know, and with, with the army, you know, I was, I felt like we were just involved with everything and I knew a lot of what was going on. I always remind the Air Force guys that we, we have more systems deployed uh, than, than they ever, ever have. Moving to space, you know, Spacecom, you're just, you're just, you're, your focus is way different. You know, I'm in the, in the J2, or I'm sorry, the J7 too. And uh, yeah, their, their focus is, is more big picture. And I just got told the other day that I have to let blue fail sometimes. And that was the hardest thing for me. You know, I, I see a problem and I want to fix it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's one of the hard things I deal with too, like in my job. So I'm in charge of a, a shop, right? So I have like 25 something people under me joint service, trying to get them to build out. Like we have like no training, no nothing. Like the shop's fairly new, only like a year, year and a half old or something like that. Right. But it's like, what it's almost like the linchpin of everything that goes on really. So, um, but they have like no formalized training or anything like that. So it's like, wait, you're trying to teach people all of these different things. Right. And you have no plan. It's just like, get on the shift and learn it. But it, that takes so long. And I'm like, yo, we're, we need to spend two months with a person every single day, get them through this stuff. Right. And then we need to have structure, you know, plan lesson plans and testing and, you know, different objectives, cognitive and enabling things, uh, you know, scenario based things for them to run through so they can get used to it. Cause we use like 20 different tools and it's like, you don't use them all the time, but you have to be able to get some repetition with them in order to do that, you know, build in quarterly or monthly training or whatever it is, because you can just forget stuff. And then it's like, we're calling in contractors for stuff that should, our guys should know. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, you know, and it's like, I can, I forget who I was talking. I think I was talking to Coast about it on his podcast the other day, uh, 58 West King fantasy football league podcast. And I was like, it's so hard sometimes because you just want to be like, this is how it's going to be. I'll plan it all out for you. This is this. But it's like, you know, they got to learn too, right? And they got to go through like the, the ups and downs. And it's like, man, this is going to take us seven, seven, eight months to build out. And like, I don't want to wait that long, but it's going to be better in the long run for those guys to understand all that stuff that they have to go through. And, you know, here's what it is and why. And it wrote it this way and it needs to be written this way so that they can benefit from it. You know, like you have to let them fail in order for them to grow. And it, it really sucks. It's like, I know the answers. I've done it for nine years. <laughs> right. Fuck. You know, but it is what it is. All right. So Germany and Tokyo, that's kind of where we started there. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, your football history, when did you start watching? If you remember when you start watching, uh, did you play as a kid? 
uh, and then your favorite team, favorite players, past and present? Yeah, no, so I started watching pretty young, probably in kindergarten. Growing up here in Colorado, Broncos were my, my team. John Elway was my hero at one point in time. I tried playing football season or two. I think it was flag football, um, but I never really got into playing it. I was more of a soccer soccer guy. But yeah, st- and I watched watched the Broncos play. My parents took me to some games. Went to like the old Kansas City Chiefs Broncos game. I think it was like Joe Montana and John Elway dueling it out. That's you know, back back in the day. I was super young, but yeah, I used to go to the the old Mile High Stadium and uh, enjoy the Broncos. Um, what was it? Watch the back-to-back uh, Super Bowl uh, championship, and then Jake the Snake Plummer became our quarterback. And all my, you know, all the all the the guys that I remember watching, Terrell Davis was gone, and McCaffrey was gone. You know, Bill Romanowski was gone, Steve Atwater gone. So at that point, I was like, I need a new team. I don't want to stick around with the Broncos. I think they were gonna. They're all excited because they're getting Jake Culler. And I was like, oh boy. So I was in the market for a new team. And I just so happened that summer to go visit some family out in Kentucky. And uh, my my cousin, we ended up going to Cincinnati for the day and stumbled across training camp there mm-hmm. at Paul Brown Stadium. I had no idea who the Bengals were. I couldn't name a single player. We went and watched training camp from across the street and happened to kind of intercept them as they were going back to the locker room, got some signatures of players, got to meet John Kitna. Uh, that was the first... Uh, training camp in Carson Palmer after Car- right after Carson Palmer got drafted number one overall back in uh, I think 2003. Mm-hmm. So like I found my team, I was pretty happy, pretty stoked. So I've been a Bengals fan since since about 2003. How much did the Bengals play into your everyday life, your family life? And <laughs> so um, I I'm a pretty big Bengals fan. Back when I was up in Alaska, I got an Alaskan Malamute and I named him Palmer after the great Carson Palmer. And shortly afterwards, uh, my wife and I had a son, and his name is Carson. Does your Did your wife know at the time why you were naming them those names? <laughs> I like to think she did not, because we were like, we were talking about like, we wanted kind of like a, a unique kind of old school theme, you know, name. And I kind of threw out Carson, and she was all kind of about it. I think after it happened, she kind of realized it. She really hasn't said anything to me about it. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of stuck. It was pretty great calling my son and my dog at the same time. You know, they're out in the yard playing and, and you call them back in and Carson, Balmer, time for dinner. It's like, oh, sounds so great. You're just waiting for someone else in the back to be like, <laughs> Carson, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, when did you start playing fantasy football? Um, so I think I started playing back in 2011. I was up in Alaska working shift work and we created like this, this little, uh, shift fantasy football league, if you will. It's a couple guys. I think their wives, my wife played too. So yeah, it's been a couple of years. I think it was, I think it was on Yahoo, Yahoo fantasy, um, back in the day. And, and it, it wasn't anything like it was now, like it is now. Do you have a favorite format that you play, whether that be standard half point? Or a full point. So I know, I know I know you guys like half point PPR. Uh, I'm a fan of the full point PPR. To me, it just seems natural, and I can't explain. I guess why I like it more. Just half point seems like a lot more math to me in my head. Yeah. I know as long as my dude gets 10 yards a catch and runs for 10 yards, there's two points. You know, just I don't know. It seems seems easier for me. Yeah. So I think I personally prefer full point per, per reception, but 
I think the more fair thing is like half a point, but if I had my choice, I would prefer to play full point just because one, I like the scores. It's easier for me to figure out like, okay, that's another 70 catches a year for whatever this running back Leonard Fournette or something. Right. Right. Yeah, that's 70 points. And on average, that's going to be like, you know, close to five points a week or something like that, you know, like, okay, I, I can figure that out. I think that's pretty cool. Do you play in any other uh, types of leagues? Like are you only play in redraft or do you play best ball or dynasty or anything like that? Keepers? No, I don't. I don't play in any of that stuff. Just, just redraft. Yeah, uh, and this is our first year. We so we actually took a. I don't know if you heard about it um, through the other podcasts yet, but we took the top three teams based off like some algorithm we created on wins, points, championships, and all this stuff combined, right? Um, and we took the top three teams from four different leagues. So my league, Coase's league, Beisner's league, and another guy named Matt Kindle, who's a space guy uh, in his league, and we took those top three teams from all four leagues and created a dynasty. So we're doing we're right now we're in the middle of that, like first year draft, the initial startup draft or whatever, but it's kind of cool. I was talking with Wayne earlier about it and it's like, dude, this is kind of fun. Like we're doing a slow draft. So you get eight hours per pick, you know, and so you can kind of take your time if you have stuff going on and everything, just cause there's like 22 rounds, you know, and it's like, you're looking long, long term. Right. So how do you balance that and seeing people's different strategies and trying to figure it out. And it's, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty fun, but. We'll let you know how that comes out. Later yeah, on. let me know. I kind of I feel like I got snubbed a little bit, but that's all right. I'm looking hey, forward, I'm looking forward to hearing. I'm looking forward to hearing my stats that you uh you calculated. It has to do with points, I believe. The points was the big one, or wins, because it was like longevity was a was a piece of it too. So like how long people been in the league factored into it, kind of. But I think it was more so wins and points per game type of thing. But. So we'll get into some of those stats right now. So you have, um, this is kind of the part I've been waiting for, for this entire podcast. But so you've been with us for four seasons now, picked you up. I forget who dropped out. I think his name was, I think it was the year Bruce dropped out or something like that. You filled that spot. Um, he didn't want to do the Sacco punishment. So you played 52 games. You've gone 500, 26 and 26 over that time frame. Your average points per game is 131.02. That would go for one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh overall in the league. So your seventh overall in points, your points against 129.33, while you can't control that, that gives you a point differential of positive 1.69. So your points against is actually the second lowest out of anybody in the league. So you've had the easiest, second easiest schedule behind James, whatever that means. Nothing means nothing. Yeah. So you've, uh, you, the good thing is, though, is like when you actually make the playoffs, because you made it one year, which was last year, you're undefeated in the playoffs. You have a first round bye. You were the top team going into the playoffs last year. And you finished out with two wins, no losses, and won yourself a championship. So you're our current league champion of 2019. You have no scoring titles in your four years being here. And the most important one is you don't have any sackos. So um, what would you, say about your performance overall overall i would say that i get lucky i've faced hard opponents and i i end up squeezing by with less than point win um but i i will let you know my my playoff record speak for itself and my championship uh, speak for itself i feel you there so there is only two teams in this league that have been to the playoffs and haven't lost and the other team that hasn't done that has been me. So 
right now our listeners should feel blessed to have their ears just be penetrated by the two best playoff teams in this entire league as I've made the playoffs twice and I have five wins in the playoffs no losses so when I make it I'm winning championships when you make it you're winning championships I I you know I compare the audio coming through people's speakers to that of Jay-Z and Kanye West yes it's almost like we wake up in the morning and we piss excellence just piss excellence so speaking on your title this year, uh, one thing that comes with being a league champion in this league is you get to decide Sacco punishment. So in our league, our Sacco this year was Wayne Henry. And in his, podcast, Fuck Henry. in his podcast, he revealed that he didn't even know he was the Sacco this year. I was a little disappointed in that. I was a little disappointed that he had no idea because that kind of takes away a little bit of the, the pleasure of him being the Sacco. His face, though, when he found out he was the Sacco was amazing. It was like he was literally like, oh, no, my gosh. Like like he saw this sense of fear come over him. You can only see it from his left side because his right side, and that's where he's got his bad eye. So, like, you couldn't really tell if there was a reaction there or anything like that because it kind of just stays the same the whole time. Speaking on Sacco punishments, um, you had a few options that you wanted to mull over. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah. So I had, you know, sat down. And really wanted to come up with a good psycho punishment. You hear all these people, you know, I think psycho punishments get repeated a lot in, in lots of different leagues. You hear about a lot of tattoos being done. One weird one that I saw was people would just buy these like 24 hour bus tickets and send the psycho on this like long ass bus ride for no reason. <laughs> they just go out somewhere, literally get off the bus, turn around, get on another bus and head back home. But I came up with four four psycho punishment ideas i wanted to in- include everyone in the league to at least see what what their thoughts were maybe do a poll on on what we feel the best psycho punishment would be i think that's a good idea because a lot of people in this league while we like wayne henry we also think he's an asshole he's the master of saying eat a dick in response to anything so i think a lot of people would enjoy making it a group punishment and i think that's gonna that's gonna bump up your listenership and your followership and like your own reputation as being one for the people so this is a really good marketing move for you and um i think i think you're whoever you're is on your strategy team it might just be you but um now that you're a strategic planner um is doing a great job so all right so let's start off you got four different options the league will vote cumulatively and we'll come together and decide what the best punishment is for wayne this year so the first option is having wayne go down to his nearest claire's or a tattoo piercing place and get his belly button pierced uh i think that maybe like a nice cute diamond in his belly button or maybe like a cute dolphin or something very just cute right there in his belly button would be great all right number two number two there are several skydiving locations out there on the east coast for me personally i shouldn't say that because if i ever get sacco but me personally i i would hate to go skydiving so we we would have to go skydiving and uh, purchase the video that's attached to his helmet as proof all right and number three number three is using the internet to get some good laughs and have Henry post a picture on the subreddit roast me and have the internet completely tear him apart. All right. And then number four, number four is, you know, Wayne's a, Wayne's a Steelers fan, unfortunately. And I think as a Steelers fan, 
for a sack of punishment, the best thing to do is get him a Vontez Perfect jersey, make him wear it every Sunday during the football season, as well as having him change all of his social media profile pictures to him in that jersey. Would he have to, how would he prove it? Would he have to go like live on Facebook or post a video every week to the league of, hey guys, just enjoying, enjoying the Steelers game, drinking my Miller Lights? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, a picture of him with the, the TV in the background, you know, the Steelers game in the background every week would, would be would be the best way to the best way to do it. All right. So we got four different options. Option one, belly button piercing, something cute, little diamond and a dolphin. Hey, maybe even like a little bangle if you could find a cute little tiger. That yeah. would be perfect. That would be that would be really cute. How long would you have to keep it in there? Probably the whole season, right? Yeah, until the next Sacco. And if you know, best case scenario is he gets Sacco again and oh. he has to wear it two years in a row. <laughs> and do another punishment. So that that's how I kind of want to word, you know, my, my contract with the Sacco is he has to do this until a new Sacco is announced. And if he is a Sacco for two years in a row, he has to continue this in addition to his punishment for next season. Okay, that's 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 good. I'm going to write that into the bylaws. I don't have bylaws, but I think there's a post somewhere that says like, hey, this is what happens. So that's really good, especially for like things like a belly button piercing. So belly button piercing, something cute. Number two is to skydive. Number three, uh, post a selfie picture, maybe a full body. I don't know, something nice. Put it on Roast Me uh, on Reddit and have the internet handle him. And then number four, get himself a Vontez Perfect jersey change his social media profile pictures all to him in his Vontez Perfect jersey. And he has to wear it and prove it watching football every single Sunday. So that are the Sacco punishments that will go out in a poll. I'll probably put the poll out 24 hours after the podcast is released. So look for it. Probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out there for everybody. Maybe you've seen the poll. We'll check the podcast listenership first to make sure everybody's listening to what's going on. So we'll label it in the poll option one, two, three, and four. One, belly button piercing. Two, skydive. Three, roast me. Four, perfect. Cool. All right, miscellaneous section. Let's go into a little bit of Fuck, Mary Kill. One of the podcast listenership best, most favorite looked upon segments. So Fuck, Mary Kill, Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco, Joe Burrow. Mm, man, that's a rough one. I <laughs> I don't know who I'd kill. You know, Ochocinco, in my opinion, is one of the greatest wide receivers out there. Completely underrated. Dude's 52 right now and still making headlines, working out with wide receivers. He's pretty great. Carson Palmer is, I, I'd probably marry Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer is, is the GOAT, in my opinion. Man, I, I guess I'd probably have to fuck Joe Burrow. Uh, and and unfortunately kill Ochocinco. So you have to fuck Joe Burrow just because he potentially could be the future of the entire Bengals franchise? He's going to be the future of the Bengals franchise. That dude is going to be great. I am looking forward to, to seeing what he does this year. All right, all right, all right. Fuck, Mary kill. We'll say hot dogs, potato salad, macaroni and cheese. Fuck potato salad. I feel like that'd be That'd be pretty interesting. Probably Mary Mac and Cheese, man. That's always a staple. That always comes through. Kill someone. Kill kill the hot dogs. You don't like hot dogs? Nah, not not a big fan. Why? Just how they're made. The meat in them. It, it grosses me out. It's like the bologna in the bun. Is that how you? Yeah, feel? yeah, like exactly. What it is? It, yeah. Or like, have you ever seen like a pimento loaf? Have you seen those? It looks like they have these little like weird pepper thingies in it or something like that. It's got like all kinds of different shit in it. No, I can't say I have. I'm a big fan of the, um, I'm a real big fan of the hot dog. One of my favorite things to eat. All right. Uh, so that's it for Fuck, Mary Kill. Well, I have a Fuck, Mary Kill for you. 
Okay, give me a fuck Mary Kill. All right, Danny DeVito, Kanye West, Bob Ross. I am going to kill Bob Ross. Oh man! Just because all his content's already out there, so I can just YouTube anything I need from Bob Ross. <laughs> Uh, I don't need to have Bob Ross in my life. I kind of like a little bit of crazy around me. I don't know. Bob Ross ain't going to choke me or nothing like that. You know, I kind of need to know that I'm on edge. Like, am I going to get stabbed or something like that? Um, That's getting into my kink life. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Hope my mom's not listening to this. (laughs) I know my dad listens. So fuck. Oh, Danny DeVito, Kanye West. I'll probably... (sighs) I'm probably going to marry Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito, like, um, Goodfellas Danny DeVito. Like, that's that's the guy I want, right? Like, that's one of my favorite movies right there is Goodfellas. I think it's it's got to be top five of all time. And then I'll fuck Kanye just because that's probably going to be fun regardless. I'd like to marry Kanye. I think he's interesting. I think he's just kind of like, I honestly think he's more true to himself. And that's why people think he's crazy, you know? But I also like a little bit of that crazy. So I'll take that in my fuck life and then take Danny DeVito to protect me for the rest of my life in marriage. Also in the miscellaneous thing. So I'll bring this up now since you're a um, Bengals fan. So normally, if you haven't won a championship in this league, you don't understand. But I normally send a copy with the trophy. Now that COVID's kind of not over, but it's over because we can go everywhere now. At least here in the D.C., Maryland area, we can go anywhere. So I'll get your trophy ordered here within a week or something like that. So you'll probably get it in a few weeks uh, before the season starts, definitely. But what I end up doing is I send out a copy of Matthew Barry's A Fantasy Life to each person who wins. And it's an autographed copy. So there's a store up in New Haven, Connecticut that sells the autographed copies. He goes in there and autographs them or, you know, stuff like that. So I usually send that, but I'm out. And they didn't haven't had them at that Barnes & Noble for a little while because everything was shut down. But what I have gotten into is sports cards lately. So as you can see behind me on my dresser, there's stacks of cards. And next to me, there's stacks of cards. And I have a bunch of cards. But recently, I've pulled four Joe Burrow rookies. So I have four Joe Burrow rookie cards, all from pretty prestigious packs, kind of high-end stuff. None of them are autographed or anything like that. But I will send you one of these Joe Burrow rookie cards. So you can expect that when you go. Actually, had some pretty good pulls with sports cards. I got an autographed Jalen Hurts sitting here. I got some LeBron. Bunch of Herbert stuff that's autographed got a jordan love autograph but i didn't get a joe burrow autograph and i was really hoping to one because it's fucking worth a grip of money right now but um i don't know if i would send you that one i might just because <laughs> i feel bad but the book's like 12 bucks so i'm like uh, i don't know but i'll get you one of these they're all pretty good like i got a spectra here i got some legacy which is pretty decent cards some panini xr and then i think the other one's prism so but you'll get one of these rookie cards in your awesome I appreciate it looking forward to that so you can hold on to it they're not rated or anything graded or anything like that by psa or anything like that but uh once i opened them they went straight into sleeve and then into a top loader so they're basically as they came something fun for you especially because it's kind of like it's a hype right now too interested to see what he does so yeah no yeah. maybe one day one of those things would be you know 150 200 bucks or something like that so i'm excited i mean he's bringing back the 9 to 85 possibility with t higgins man it's like Carson Palmer, Ochocinco all over again. And I hope T. Higgins continues on the 85 legacy, you know, celebrations and the theatrics. I don't know. I got, I actually did get a Joe Burrow rookie the other day, but it's kind of funny because it's, he's in his Ohio state uniform. <laughs> so I feel like whoever made this card was like a troll job guy. So uh, I, I might send that one to Trey just to oh, there you go. in a group text and I didn't get any reaction from him because uh 
you know, it's like, oh, hey, look, Heisman Trophy winner uh, rookie card. Look at this. It's pretty awesome. But he didn't even play the Heisman Trophy winning year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So a couple other questions I normally ask people. Um, question one, name something that you're grateful for. And as much as I think a lot of us have probably trashed our time in the Air Force, I'm grateful for, for what what I did, you know, and I think taking that jump to space allowed me to be able to do what I do now and put me in a position, for, you know, for the future. So I'm grateful for that, that opportunity. I could have easily have gone from Alaska to Fort Meade and bypassed space altogether and be stuck there with you. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That's cool. Uh, I think Wayne said the same thing in his where, you know, we, we always trash it or something like that, but it's provided a lot of opportunity, gotten to see the world, you know, he met his wife there and you know, his kids wouldn't, you know, all that kind of stuff too. So, cause his wife was like a Korean linguist or something. Like that. Oh, wow. And so that's how they met in the military and stuff like that. So pretty cool. All right. Any TV show recommendations uh, since we've been in COVID? I don't know how much you've had to work. I've been working the whole time, basically. Anything you've been binging, stuff that people, recommendations for people? I don't know if you have seen it. I think it's on FXX. It's called Dave. It is a uh, it's a show about the rapper, Lil Dicky. Yeah. He's a, a, a Jewish rapper with a penis malformation. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good show. And it uh, I've been listening to that dude on Spotify a lot and just uh, just getting into his freestyles and and his 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 lyrics are just on a whole nother level. It's so easy just to miss a lot of things that he's saying and and it goes over people's heads. But but he's he's pretty good. He's a lyrical genius. Yeah, I think he's I think he's really dope. I like his real I like one of his first albums when it starts out and he's like walks into Snoop Dogg's office or something like that. Right, that stuff's pretty cool. I'm really big into Ed Sheeran right now. Like the dude's awesome. And then um. I just like his music. I like his kind of character, like not his character, just it's who he is, right? He's just like a fun, nice guy who's really talented in music and driven and seems, just seems really genuine. Um, but I did a podcast that will release probably after this just because it's like four and a half hours with a common buddy of the majority of us in the league, Calm DC. We talked about Ed Sheeran. He was like, dude, he's fucking awesome because he watched like one of his YouTube videos. And if you watch any of his live concerts, he has no band. He has nothing else. He just goes out there with his guitar and foot pedals. So he'll make all he'll start doing his, you know, guitar part or whatever. And it like records and loops, records and loops, records and loops. Right. And then he'll basically make it sound like an entire band and he'll beatbox into a microphone and stuff to make all these different sounds. And then he's just up there jamming, dude. It's fucking awesome. That's like, awesome. That's really so cool. It's so good. He looks so happy. People are just always happy listening to his music. You know, it's always like really good, feel good stuff. So that's on the kick I'm on right now. But any other shows other than Dave? I've been watching Workaholics a lot lately. With with coronavirus, um, workaholics. It's always sunny. Uh, just rewatching that stuff, you know, takes yeah. me back to a simpler time. Takes me back to to when the world wasn't so jacked up. Yeah, I got into this show called The One Hundred. It's on Netflix. Um, I guess it, I forget what channel it used to be on or something or what it airs on, but it's pretty good. It's like a mix between The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and Pocahontas all in one. So Walking Dead, basically, the premise of the show is like. A bunch of nukes from China blew up the world, essentially, right? And then, so all these people, humans and stuff like that, went up into space, all into these spacecrafts. There was 13 of them or something like that, and they created this thing called an ark. So they had these 13 different ships that all came together, created this big colony within the sky, right, in space. 
they are running out of oxygen. Uh, so they only have so long to live with the amount of people they have on board. So they take these prisoners and they're all like kids, essentially teen kids that are prisoners and send them down to earth one to find out if it's inhabitable because it's been about 100 years or something like that or 90 something years figure out if it's inhabitable but basically sent them there to die so if it's not inhabitable it's okay because we need to get rid of people off the arts for the rest of the people to survive right for humanity to survive when they find out that it's inhabitable but there's also people that are still there on earth right so there's all these different tribes and stuff like that so that's why i get like the game of thrones piece from it Walking Dead is pretty much like the end of the world type of stuff. So they don't know what's all out there and stuff. They come up against these new tribes and clans that all want to kill each other and stuff, right? And there's always one person who wants to make everything work, you know? And then Pocahontas, because there's like a love story between one of the people who's been on the ground. They call Earth the ground. So one guy who's been on the ground and then a girl from space. So um, there's like this outsider, insider type of thing, love story or whatever. But it's, it's sick, dude. And there's a girl in there. Her name's Octavia. One, she's cute, but two, she really two, she's cute, but one, she's like a badass. So like in Game in Game of Thrones, Arya Stark is like the badass kid and everybody's like, oh, she's so sick, right? This chick Octavia blows her out of the water. It's not even close. Like Arya Stark's character sucks compared to this chick, dude. Like she's Damn. bad. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good though. I would, rec- it's so good that I watched like a season and a half in like 24 hours. Like I just, and there's like 15, 16 episodes a season. And I just Jeez. sat on my laptop and watched it in bed for like almost two days. Like, How many seasons? I think there's seven on Netflix right now. Oh, wow. But it's good. There's like a part in like four, season four-ish that gets kind of weird. But it's definitely worth getting through. I'm like midway through season five right now. And it's still really interesting. Enough to where like I have to work at seven in the morning. And I'm up until almost three. And I wake up at five. So just because I keep going and I'm like, oh, whatever. It's already two. I'll watch another episode. But they're like 45 minute episodes. So you could tell they were on air at some point. All right. You got any more questions for me? If you had to pick a celebrity that you did not want to see naked, who would it be? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> In no way, shape or form am I suicidal at the moment, nor do I have thoughts of killing myself. And I have a lot to live for, two beautiful kids, family. I have a lot of things going on for me in life that are looking up. So um, if I end up dead, I was probably suicided by the family. Under the guise of COVID. Yes. Under the skies of COVID. Um, I've never been, I've never tested positive for COVID, nor the antibodies or anything like that. Multiple <laughs> tests. So um, and I don't do anything. I order all my food from the outside. I wipe it all down when it comes in. I'm completely healthy. Have you have you tested for have you have you been tested for COVID? Yeah, I've been tested. Oh, that sucks, man. It hurts, doesn't it? I heard it like gets shoved up your nose. It's not as bad anymore. Uh, so they came out with new ones that are less invasive or whatever like that. So it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I've been tested like three times. Damn. I think that's all I got, man. Unless you have anything else for the people, any parting words for anybody? You're gonna, you're, you're the reigning champion. You got anything else to say to the folks? Anything you want to trigger them with, or anything you've been thinking about in general, just to leave the people with? So I have a couple things. First, I know it's not possible because the way settings work, but a recommendation I throw out there to the ESPN fantasy uh, people that create the settings. It should be, in my opinion negative three points per interception in like the fourth quarter when it hurts the most rather than just the regular, you know, negative one. I think inter- interceptions in the first quarter, whatever, right? If you get that fourth quarter and you get into the, the interceptions, it's going to hurt and it should hurt your team as well. Um, that would be pretty cool. Like if you can 
adjust scoring by the something like that, right? Where it actually penalizes a team and hurts a team on average a lot more because, you know, like, I don't know. That seems like it, it makes more sense. But then how do you factor in Hail Marys at the end of the games, you know, and stuff like that? Right, but, right. But I, I get the, the point of it. That would be pretty cool, though. You know, something that can be smart enough, right? We have all this AI technology to feel something that impacts their game. You know, Andy Dalton's a, a, a prime example for this. He'd make these stupid decisions towards the end of the game that would just completely shoot ourselves in the foot. Uh, I think yeah. all season last year was an example for that, you know, Owen one and one on 15 or whatever we went. Our, our, our record was terrible. I didn't even keep track, but, but yeah, I mean, that'd be a, that'd be an improvement in my mind. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Last thing I would say, last thing I want to throw out there, so my buddy and I are getting astronaut apparel back up and running. I was going to ask you about that. i glad you brought it up because I've been dropping it under the like support section in the podcast notes. So all the all of the inventory right now is in my buddy's house in Ohio. He lives in Hawaii. He's a, a contractor for U.S. Indo-Paycom. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is just he's separated right now from all of his all, all the inventory. So we're going to get it shipped out here to Colorado and uh, getting it ran out of my basement. So here, hopefully again soon. Uh, astronaut apparel will be back up and running that's cool i noticed on the site the other day i was on there just a couple other days a couple days ago and it said something about like a you know inventory out of stock currently or something like that right you know, so that was, i was like oh I'll ask nick when he gets on so. yeah no i think yeah, i think both him and i feel you know with this spacex demo 2 launch and spacecom space force the public's interest is again i feel back towards space and the model that this whole business is about you know it's all about uh, transparency cryptocurrency and providing young kids with the ability to go to like a space camp out at huntsville and get our our new generation all about space that's cool man i think that's really cool yeah man uh let me know when that um that stuff gets all back up and everything like that and then um we'll put something out on the podcast about it and i'll get um tony to throw it on his so yeah that'd be awesome appreciate it yeah get the word out there so pretty cool stuff you guys are doing all right man well this has been fun i gotta go put my oldest or my youngest one on the toilet she's potty training right now and uh, yeah it's been it's been fun she's been really good with it but there's times where like she'll go when you put her on it but she won't let us know that she's got to go so kind of battling that right now cool man appreciate you coming on this was fun look forward to talking to you later and look forward in a couple weeks you should have a joe burrow coming your way appreciate it man all right man take care